The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. This episode is brought to you by White Horse Trading Post. It's time to dress up your saddle with a fuzzy butt tush kush. The fuzzy butt is made from merino wool. The fleece is imported from Australia, and they are American-made. Many colors are available to complete your trail riding look. Talk about comfort in the saddle, and the fuzzy butt tush kush is stylish. The fuzzy butt makes the perfect gift item for Christmas. The fuzzy butt is available only at the White Horse Training Post, and they are on Facebook. Call Debbie Dill at 573-378-0153 to place your order today. Go ahead. Your horse wants you to look good in the saddle. On this week's episode of Mule Talk, we are going to be spending time with an animal communicator, and her name is Melanie Grubb, and she does fascinating work for people with with pets that have some issues. Melanie, thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me today. You know, we talked a while back, and then Mm -hmm. I just recently saw you at Rouge and Rogue being held at Panther Creek Trail Rides, and you are just an amazing person. I I really enjoy spending Mm -hmm. time with you, and and I get to watch you work. I just love that. Well, thank you. So it's a real honor and blessing to be able to connect with the animals that I do and the people and their people. That's that is so neat. So when did you realize that you had this skill? Um, for me, I've always had it on some degree, and I believe that most people have it to some degree. I think it works through our empathy and our compassion, and um, if we're listening. Um, and open to receiving uh, the information around us and our environment, then I think that we can um, perceive a little bit extra. Um, For me, I always felt them um, emotionally and physically when I was a little girl. So um, I grew up on a farm, and, um, you know, I would always know when the animals were pregnant. That was the first thing that I started to realize when I was a little girl. I could tell who was open and who was closed for the season. And, um, you know, I'd always get so excited about the babies. They were always pretty, you know, excited to tell me to see my reactions. Um, so that's really well how it all started. And when I became a teenager, my gift um, expanded as I was spending more time with the animals and really trying to focus on my listening and um, being open to receiving their information and what the world is like through their experiences. And... Um, the first time I ever heard uh, an animal speak, or in my mind's ear, if you will, um, was when I was grooming my Arabian stallion Taz. I was probably about 14, 15 at the time, maybe a little older. And um, he, uh, I was complaining to him about a boy I thought I was in love with and, um, you know, crying those crocodile tears in his face. And he said to me, do you want me to bite him? And that was the first <laughs> That was the first thing I ever heard from him. Oh, that's funny. But, you know, it's like, you know, I think that sometimes when we're in a higher emotional state, um, I think we're open to receiving more information. And I think that that was the key for me was, um, you know, to be that vulnerable to my horse, to, you know, fill it all out like that. You have helped some mules. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you um, share that with us? Sure. Um, I help most companion animals, so mules, horses, cats, dogs, um, rabbits, 
um, llamas even. Um, so it's all across the spectrum. Companion animals is what I just kind of um, say it under because they, um, you know, they need to be a companion and have the experiences shared with us to communicate, right? Um, or shared in general. Uh, so when I uh, work with mules and any other animal, I have a typical format that I do my interviews in. I don't like to have any information about them before I speak with them. Sure. I, um, if, if I'm doing a long distance reading, um, I use two photos, one that clearly shows the eye and the other their full body. And those photos need to be recent because the energy of the, and the moment captures the moment, you know? Right. So things change. Um, and uh, when I connect in with them, the format that I use, I like to ask them how they're feeling emotionally and physically, and I like to ask them how that's impacting their work, their behaviors, what are they showing us because of those things. And then I like to ask them um, what, what you guys are up to, what things are you guys working on, what are you guys improving, where are the challenges, um, what makes you happy, sad, scared. Um, all of those things, and I try to get a good picture of the environment. My sessions are usually about 30 minutes long, and um, that usually takes up the first 15 minutes or so as I'm just getting to know them, and usually we get pretty good validation through that conversation that it's them, and I like to open up the last half of our session for you to ask whatever questions that you have for them. And even when I'm doing my interview with them, I always encourage my clients to interrupt me at any time. So if we start talking on a topic that, um, that they wanted to touch on and was part of their list of questions that they have. Okay, so I was, at, um, was, speaking, I was speaking to a mule the other day, and um, her, name, uh, her name was Bonita. And um, she started to tell me about how uh, she used to be in um, competition competitions, and that she really enjoyed those competitions. But she got pit um, pit back, and that um, uh, that she was put on second string and wasn't um, wasn't showing anymore. And so, um, as I conveyed that to her owner, um, she conveyed that her son had discontinued jumping her about six years ago, but they were starting to talk about bringing her out of retirement. So she was bringing that up right away, like, okay, I know that this is going on, and I have some opinions about this. And um, her opinions were pretty clear that um, she was not happy that, um, that another mule was going for string and was the... Um, you know, first in the owner's book and that she felt like she was second fiddle and that she said that she needed to be first for a while for her to uh, step up and um, jump back into the competition. And, um, and the owner says, well, you know, Kitty, the other mule, she's, she's my first and one, one and only, something like that. And, and Bonita just turned right around and cow kicked her, didn't even take a second, oh. just raised her right on her calf. Um, and um, I said, we don't know where she's pretty clear about that right now um, and how she feels. So oftentimes they really understand what's going on. Um, I think a lot of times it's the intentions that they get. It's the context that they struggle with in human constructs such as time, changes in our um, human lives. Um, and they sometimes really struggle to adapt to our time changes and our 
and our job changes schedules and our life changes schedules. So, you know, for Bonita, she's thinking that she's just sitting out in pasture and, and, and she's bored for the last six years, you know. Hmm. Um, and then um, you're asking to, to step up the game and um, to come back into the game, come back into the sport. And sometimes we have to do a little bit of extra warming up to, um, uh, to get over the hump. So Benita, when she went out into that first, that first showing that she had a couple of weeks ago, she got first in her division. And her owner took the time to, to put her first for a few minutes and um, to listen to Benita and take that extra time. And she showed up, and Bonita showed up for her in just the same. Well, that's so heartwarming. That is, I, I like to hear warm and fuzzy stories like that. Um, we all have conflict, you know, and we have yeah. to work through it. And oftentimes a good conversation helps with that. And, you know, mules are so sensitive. They, mm-hmm. you just can't, you can't snub them. That's for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when, no. when they're well, talking, they're, they don't want you to go away because they haven't had their say yet. <laughs> No, no, I've had them get really offended. Like, um, like I, uh, I was during a session a few weeks ago, and my son um, busted his nose, and he come um, running in the house, and he had a bloody nose, and so I just continued the call for a few minutes, and I called them back, and the mule wouldn't talk to me for about um, for about ten minutes. It took took them that long to rewarm back up, and I kept saying, "Listen, it was my kid's accident. You, I wouldn't have gone away unless I had to." I'm back now. I'm listening now. I'm sorry that I disconnected from you so abruptly, but let's go back. And so I like to say they like to feel you out, and they really, mules are wonderful because they call us out on our stuff, and um, and they don't really allow us to be dishonest with them or ourselves, and they make us be accountable more so than horses. Horses are more forgiving than mules. Right. And, yeah. and um, I don't know, um, you have to ask the mule to forgive you. <laughs> that is that is true. Oh, man, that is so true. So what about donkeys? Have you worked with donkeys? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're my pretty similar. What I like about them, a lot of times um, they, they retain that, um, that pasture guardian mentality. And um, so uh, they'll talk a lot about perimeter checking and like keeping an eye on all the happenings that are going on and they're quite busy bodies. Yes, they are. Oh, that is so amazing. Um, so I, I kind of sense that this can be quite draining on you, you know, if you take mm-hmm. on a real sensitive case. Um, yeah. So how do you take care of yourself? I mean, you have to, because that has to suck the energy out of you when you are taking on, you know, a real challenge. It, it is. It takes a lot of focus. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I, I refer to it as kind of like a fog where you just kind of overthought all day or you've been testing all day or really focusing your mind. Um, I used to take it on a lot more, but I've gotten better as I've gotten older and I, I, how 
I work is I do a lot of visualization with them, um, both during conversations and also during my healing sessions. So if I'm connecting in with an animal and they're telling me about this huge trauma that they've had, and I'm going to use a horse for this example because it's more recent in my memory. Um, but um, this little off-the-track thoroughbred mare, I got asked to come out to this farm. And um, she was so traumatized that she would just sit in the corner of her stall and just shake. And she had been doing that for 11 continuous months. Um, They said that they had tried to get her to go out and try to get her to be more relaxed in the outside environment, but it was just like too much for her little brain. And like she would just go into that, 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 that fear shutdown mode and was really having trouble like engaging her brain even just when somebody came into her stall. So I spent about an hour and a half with her and, um, Within the, within the first five minutes, I had her go into the, um, go into her little rim state of relaxation, you know, when they go into that horsey zen mode or that equine zen mode and their lips start to droop and, and they start to drop their head and start to relax. Mm-hmm. And after the, after the first 30 minutes, I invited the owner back into the stall and um, I started to engage the owner to teach her how to um, draw the mare to her with her energy and just her intention and visualizing the mare being relaxed, her no longer shaking, her head being low, her hip being relaxed and, you know, cocked to the side and just like starting to surrender and not be so tight and just like a wound up, um, you know, wound up toy. And, um, and as we did that more and more, and I started to encourage her to visualize the mirror starting to fall asleep. And what we're doing is we're just holding the space. We're creating the space in the environment to say that, you know, whatever you've been through, there's, there's no right, wrong, or indifferent. It just was. It sucks. It just was. And if you want to heal that right now, if you want to start releasing um, those tensions that you're holding in your physical body, like us, they hold tensions in their shoulders, in their SI, in their lumbar, in their hocks. Um, they hold tension just like we do. So if we take hold the space for them to release those emotional tensions, oftentimes they'll, they'll start to relax in and say, this is the safe environment. So by the end of the session, I spent an hour and a half with that horse. And by the end of the session, her owner was able to pet her. And she had had her for 11 months, she said, and hadn't ever been able to go into the stall to change her water even without her panicking and trying to climb up the wall in the corner. So we made some major headways that day. And we're still doing check-ins with her. And it sounds like she's getting more and more receptive. And her owner's been doing a lot of research on how to hold her body and um, backing up what her intentions are with her posture and her body language for the groundwork. So she's doing her homework, too, and showing up for her man. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, your work is so, you're so devoted. And, and I admire you for that because animals that have been so traumatized they tend to no longer be safe to be around Mm -mm. and And i've had them tell me that before 
I've had horses and mules tell me I'm dangerous. Don't let anybody near me. I'm dangerous. I don't want to hurt them. Yeah, that's so that's so incredible. Wow. So what is I mean, do you ever just turn off your 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 mind, your emotions? I mean, do you get to relax and Yes. Okay, good. Good. Yes. Right now I'm actually in the woods and I have a um, seven-month-old golden doodle who was about 75 pounds and was white before we left, who is now a two-tone mud-colored dog <laughs> who has been having so much fun in the woods, and her joy and her zealousness just keeps me so happy and keeps me relaxed, and, and so I, I really... I have some really good people in my life and I have a really close network of friends and I count on them to, to be able to decompress if I have a tough case. If, you know, I've had animals tell me um, about domestic violence situations even in, in some scenarios. And then I've had the other animals tell me, like this morning, the horse opened up with, I'm a heart horse. I was born in her lap. and. And that is still, that was the devotion that that horse opened up with. So you never, I never really know. A lot of my calls, they do have problems and that's why they're calling. But I also work a lot with, you know, just connecting in with your babies and, and getting a better feel. Or if we're having a little bit of trouble in our training and, and we're not understanding that outside rain inside, that outside rain inside leg either. Mm, right. And... And sometimes, you know, uh, giving them that visualization of what we're asking for really goes a long way. And that's a big part of what I do is I send them those images of what what it would look like if we were able to perform perfectly. And um, we understand, I tell them, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. We're not expecting that perfection at first. Um, but this is what we're asking. And that visualization and then... Also, if you're visualizing it, when you're working with them, our bodies start to pick up on those subconscious cues that our mind is giving our bodies, and we start to pick up and we start to carry our cues a little bit differently for them. So that visualization does go a long way, even, even for, I say, for everybody, anyone who's working with them. That's, uh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Um, Melanie, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and you'll talk because this is such an interesting topic. And uh, you, do you have a website? Yes. Um, my website is humanforceconnections.com. And um, you can also find me on Facebook um, under Human Horse Connection and under Melanie Grubbs. And feel free to give me a call or text. Text is often easiest to get a hold of me with my calls and everything else. Um, and my phone number is also on my website for you guys to find. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you, ma'am. Um, Thank I, you for having me today. It's yeah, such a pleasure. I, I can't wait to catch up with you again because, uh, you know, I just really, I, I like your work. And I like to see you work, too. So. Um, Thank you, Cindy. Okay, that wraps up the hour for this week. Hi, I'm Cindy K. Roberts. My mule Cobble had trust issues from previous training long ago. Sometimes it would give a little western out there. So recently, I sent Cobble to Dave Wrecker, the mule enthusiast. Within one day, Dave had her laying down. I was amazed. 
Dave has worked with many mules over the years, and he certainly can read a mule. Dave's method is humane and is based on total trust between the handler and the mule. Your mule can easily develop into a more confident and calmer animal simply by asking your mule to lie down. Dave's DVD, Teaching Your Mule to Lie Down, is available through his website, muleenthusiast.com. Give your mule a better life. I did. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email, cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me. Meal Talk is an Every Cowgirl's Dream production.